Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew preaches on the Gospel of Matthew with this sermon entitled, The Great Light in Deep Darkness, preached on February 16, 1997. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew 4, 12 through 25, Great Light in Deep Darkness. American people, like other peoples of the world, uh, are star conscious, are worshippers of stars, men and women who have achieved great success. Yet these are not stars, biblically speaking. In fact, if you follow them, you can be rest assured that you'll be caught into the black hole of misery and wretchedness. They are not stars. They are deep darkness. They all are sinners. As the Westminster Confession says, utterly indisposed, disabled, and made opposite to all good and wholly inclined to all evil. And the confession again tells us, man by his fall into a state of sin has wholly lost all ability of will to any spiritual good accompanying salvation. To this great darkness came the great light, Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy One, the Son of God, the Emmanuel of Isaiahic prophecy, the Son of David, the suffering servant, the one baptized by John to fulfill all righteousness, approved by the Father, anointed by the Holy Spirit. And he came having defeated the devil by the power of the Spirit and by the sword of the holy and infallible Scripture. It is He and He alone who said, I am the light of the world. He is the Son of Righteousness, risen with healing in His wings. It is he and he alone who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. He is light who gives light. He is life who gives life. And he also gives us laughter. He is the light, the great light of the world. So we want to look first, where did this light shine? The place where this light was shining. It appears from John 1 through 4 that Jesus ministered in Judea until John the Baptist was imprisoned 
by Herod Antipas in the dungeons of a castle in Machairus near Jericho. Why was he in prison? You read the story in Matthew 14. John the Baptist denounced publicly the immorality of Herod Antipas. He spoke against his unrighteousness. For he seduced the wife of his brother Philip. He seduced Herodia. He divorced his first wife. And he married Herodia. That was unrighteousness. That was against God's law. And the great prophet John denounced this sin committed by this king. Yet the message of the kingdom could not be silenced. What John preached, now Jesus would preach in Galilee. Oh, Jesus would also be killed for his preaching, but not right now. He has authority to lay his life down, and he has authority to take it up again. But before he would be killed, and before he would lay down his life voluntarily, for each one of us, he must proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. And he would do so in Galilee. So he goes to the north from Judea and makes Galilee the center of his ministry. But the question is, why Galilee? Why not Jerusalem, where stars live, rich and famous live, successful people live? Why Galilee? North of which is Syria, south of which is Samaria, west of Galilee is Phoenicia, and east of Galilee is the Decapolis, ten cities, independent cities where Greek culture prevailed. Galilee was the area which suffered most due to the invasion of Assyria. And we read in 2 Kings 15 and verse 29, in the time of Pekah, king of Israel, Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, came and took Galilee and deported its people to Assyria. The Galilean people were a mixed population. They were most despised by the people of Judea and Jerusalem. They were under pagan influences. Why Galilee? Because the prophecy of Isaiah stipulated that the great light of the Messiah, the great light of Emmanuel, the great light of Jesus would shine in the deep darkness of Galilee bringing them reason for great joy and celebration. The Emmanuel 
virgin son would minister to the people of Galilee who sat in deep darkness. A people of desolation, a people of depravity, a people of despondency. People who were dwelling for a long time without light, in darkness, in danger, in fear, in anxiety. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 9 and let me read to you from verse 1 and 2. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Why Galilee? Because Isaiah prophecy stipulated that the Son of God, the Son of David, the great light will first shine there. Jesus knew his Bible. And so, as an obedient son, goes to Galilee to minister to the most despised. And he moves out of Nazareth to Capernaum on the northwest shore of the Sea of Galilee. Capernaum was located on the international highway. There lived Peter. There also lived Matthew, the revenue officer. According to Josephus, Galilee at this time was heavily populated. From Capernaum, Jesus had access to many other towns. And he could go there by land or by the Sea of Galilee. Nazarenes tried to murder the Nazarene, Jesus. And Jesus abandoned Nazareth and adopted Capernaum as his own town, as we read in Matthew 9. And I suppose he used Peter's house as his headquarters. If you travel to Galilee, you will see a basilica on the site of reportedly Peter's house. You will also see a synagogue next door to it, which might be standing on the very site of the original synagogue of Capernaum, where Jesus himself ministered. To the people of Galilee then, to the people of deep darkness and despondency, Jesus came as the great light. This is in keeping with the prophecy of Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. Turn with me to Luke chapter 1. And let me read to you what Zechariah prophesied concerning Jesus Christ. Luke 1, 78 and 79. But let me read from verse 76 through 79. And you, my child, 
speaking about John the Baptist, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For he will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. Jesus comes to Galilee. Jesus comes to the despised people. Jesus comes not to the wise, not to the influential, not to those of noble birth. He chooses the foolish, Paul says, the lowly, the despised, the nothings of this world. To them shines the great light. Generally speaking, the so-called stars of the world miss the great light of Jesus. He comes to the lost, to the sick, to the thirsty, to the guilty, to the hungry, yes, to the depraved. He comes to the desolate and despondent. He comes to those who are in deep danger. He comes to our darkness to bring us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So a Galilean, St. Peter, he says this in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who brought you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Let me tell you, darkness did not produce light. And darkness can never produce light. Great light dawned in darkness and changed our darkness into light. He changed our death into life. He changed our gloom into laughter. He changed our darkness into light. Salvation, let me tell you, is by grace. Galileans did not seek Jesus Christ. Galileans did not seek the light. They were sitting and dwelling for long ages in darkness into which comes by grace the great light sent by heaven. So there he is in Galilee, in Capernaum, as directed by scripture to preach the gospel to the vilest of sinners. There he is as light in darkness. There he is as a friend of sinners. There he is preaching the good news. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. He cures our spiritual blindness and causes us to see in his light. Secondly, let's look at the bearers of light. The people whom he called to declare the gospel. 
the good news must be proclaimed to the whole world. And he went to Galilee. And Galilee foreshadows the universal proclamation of the gospel. As we read in the 28th chapter of this gospel. He must choose disciples and he must train them. So that he could send them to the whole world to preach the gospel. Because the whole world is foreshadowed in this Galilee which is in deep darkness. The whole world is in trouble. And Jesus alone is the light of the whole world. There is no other light. You know, during the Renaissance, people discovered Greek culture and Greek writings. They thought, we have discovered light. We have discovered Socrates. We have discovered Plato. But let me tell you, Socrates is darkness. And Plato is darkness. The whole world is darkness. And the whole world is encapsulated in this Galilee of deep darkness. So, Jesus calls his disciples that they may be trained and sent into the whole world as bearers of light. People tend to think that everybody has a spark of light in them. Oh no, there is no spark of light in anybody. We must acknowledge we are darkness. And we shall never come out of darkness until Christ comes to us and make the blind see. So he calls to him two brothers, Simon, Peter, and Andrew. He had known them before you read the Gospel of John chapter 1. Andrew was a disciple of John the Baptist. But he heard this message. Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. Together with John, Andrew met Jesus. Then he introduced his brother to him. Who got a new name from Jesus. Peter. The brothers went back to Galilee and to their business of fishing. Now Jesus calls them to come and follow him. He has chosen these lowly fishermen to become fishers of men. He also chooses, we read, James and John, sons of Zebedee. Soon he will choose eight others, including Matthew. Another resident of Capernaum. They are all called to be with him. To be trained by him. That they may be sent out into the whole world. Disseminating and radiating the light of the gospel. Come, follow me. It is the voice of the Son of God, the King. It is the royal call. And king's business requires haste. So there is immediate response. They stopped what they were doing. They followed him. Theirs was a wholehearted response. 
They left all. They left their nets, their boats. They left their parents. They must follow the king. To him shall the obedience of the people be. In the Christian ministry, let me tell you, the most important thing is the question, who called you? Did God call you? Turn with me to Luke chapter 9. And let me read to you from verse 56, 57. As they were walking along, Jesus and the disciples, walking along the road, a man said to him, I'll follow you wherever you go. Let me tell you, Jesus didn't call him. There are a lot of people like that even today. They are calling themselves. And I have seen people coming here. And I listen to them. And I could conclude that they call themselves. And Christian ministry is a way of making a living. Notice it says, a man said to him, I'll follow you wherever you go. Man, I didn't call you. And then, look at verse 59. He said to another, follow me. That is the call of Jesus Christ. He didn't call the other guy. He called this guy, follow me. And look at verse 61. Still another said, I'll follow you, Lord. But Jesus didn't call him. It does not matter whether an organization called you or you called yourself. If God has not called you to the ministry, you are a walking danger. Such a people will bring dishonor to Christ and his kingdom. He who called Andrew and Simon, James and John and Matthew still calls people to his ministry. If you are so called by him, you will respond in faith. Instantly, wholeheartedly, you will leave things. You will leave your profession. You will leave your parents. You will leave all to follow Jesus wherever he leads you. And you will love Jesus more than anything or anyone else in the whole world. Infinitely more. You will love Jesus more than your mother, your wife. Your husband, your children, your brothers, your sisters, or your own life. Infinitely more. Come, follow me, he says. I'll make you fishers of men. It is a better job than fishing fish. There is greater dignity in fishing men. And let me point out to you, Jesus does not call lazy people. There are a lot of young people who are lazy, who do not know which end is up, and there comes along a mission conference, and they get a call. And they get a call. Oh no, Jesus calls people who are busy, busily engaged in fishing. He calls those who are busy and hard at work. He's calling people of patience, of hard work, of perseverance. People who can endure hardship. Such people he calls to a superior service 
It is to service he calls, not to ease and comfort and recreation. He calls us to serve and suffer. So we are told James was murdered. First apostle to be murdered. Then Peter also was martyred by crucifixion. Fishing. Jeremiah 16 and verse 16 speaks about fishing men. Fishers of men. But in the context... God is sending these fishers of men to gather people that they may be sent to judgment, to exile, away from the land of promise. But here there is a different kind of fishing. But Jesus trains us to be fishers of men, people who are skilled in catching men and women from the waters of judgment to the salvation of the kingdom of God. Men who are skilled in the casting of the gospel net, in the power of the Spirit, and in the direction of the Holy Scriptures. People who are proclaiming unashamedly that Christ died for our sins and was raised for our justification. I will make you fishes of men. Oh, that's a promotion. From fishing fish to fishing people. People who are great and people who are small. See David. He was a shepherd of sheep. A man of stench. But God promoted him and we read in the scripture he made him shepherd of Israel. And not only that, this fishing of men is a good business because we are told in Proverbs 11 verse 30. He who wins souls is wise. Daniel says this in chapter 12 and verse 3. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens. And those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever. They are the stars not actors and actresses and politicians and scientists and philosophers of this world who, I said, are in deep darkness and darkness themselves. The rich and famous of the world who do not know God, they are darkness themselves. Who are stars? They are those who lead many from unrighteousness to righteousness by the proclamation of the gospel. Yes, you need to know how to cast the gospel net. You need to know the gospel. You need to believe in Christ who died for us on the cross. Let me ask you a question. Have you led your father, your mother, your husband, your wife, your children to righteousness from unrighteousness? Have you given them the gospel? Have you earnestly prayed for their salvation? If you are a Christian, you are a fisherman. Catch people out of judgment and bring them to Jesus, to salvation, to the great light. See the story of Andrew. You read in, in John chapter 1 and verse 40 through 42. He met Jesus. He knew he was the Messiah and the first thing he did was to go to his brother 
Simon and said, Simon, we have found the Messiah. Come and meet him. And he brought Simon to Jesus and he was saved. His name was changed to Peter. Then we find same Andrew. When people were starving. And Jesus asked, what do you have? It is Andrew who leads a small boy to Jesus. Who had five small barley loaves and two small fish. He is in the business of bringing people to Jesus. And John chapter 12, we read some Greeks, cultured people, came. And they said, we would like to see Jesus. And Andrew and Philip together bring them to Jesus. Oh, look at Peter on the day of Pentecost. He preached the gospel. He did cast the gospel net so effectively. We read in chapter 2 and verse 41, 3,000 people were fished out of damnation and out of the waters of judgment. They entered into the kingdom of God, brought out of darkness into the marvelous light. Be wise. Be stars. Be a fisher of men. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Know the gospel. Stand unashamed in the world of darkness. Shine as light. And what is this? This shining all about. What is this shining all about? What is this ministry? What is the purpose of this shining? And we, it is summarized in this way. Jesus went about preaching, teaching, and healing the sick. Preaching. That's the work of a herald announcing the news, the good news. Preaching deals with, let me say to you, certainties. No doubts. Preacher. Preach certainties. I have enough doubts of my own. If you are not called of God, you cannot preach certainties. You could read poetry. You could quote scholars and philosophers of the world. You could tell stories. If you are not called by Christ, you will have no certainty to preach. You will pepper your preaching with a lot of perhaps of doubts. Preaching is directed especially to the will of man. Mind is involved, emotions are involved, but the addressed must make a decision in the light of what is heard. And what is heard is this, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. God's reign is dawning. The sphere of salvation is seen. Enter into this kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Kingdom of eternal life. Enter into it through repentance and faith. In the person of Jesus, repentance and faith are required to enter into the kingdom of God. And we know from the scripture... And without new birth, no one can see or enter the kingdom of God. 
And where there is the kingdom of God, there is Holy Spirit who will bring about new birth in the hearts of people as they hear the gospel. And where there is regeneration, there will be repentance and faith. Where there is repentance, there is faith. Where there is faith, there is repentance. And let me tell you what repentance is all about. I was reading the Geneva Bible. It's good to get a Geneva Bible because it gives you reformed understanding of doctrines. And let me read to you what Geneva Bible tells about repentance. And you could listen and see whether your repentance is this kind or the false kind. Repentance means changing one's mind so that one's views, values, goals, and ways are changed, and one's whole life is lived differently. Mind and judgment, will and affections, behavior and lifestyle, motives and plans, all are involved. Repenting means starting to live a new life. The call to repent was the fundamental summons in the preaching of John the Baptist. Repentance is always set forth as the path to remission of sins and restoration to God's favor, while impenitence is the road to ruin. Faith and repentance are themselves fruits of regeneration. But as a practical matter, repentance is inseparable from faith. Turning towards Christ in faith is impossible without turning away from sin in repentance. The idea that there can be saving faith without repentance and that one can be justified by embracing Christ as Savior while refusing Him as Lord is a dangerous error. True faith acknowledges Christ as what He is our God-appointed king as well as our God-given priest and faith that trusts in him as Savior will submit to him as Lord also. To refuse this is to seek justification with an impenitent faith which is no faith. Westminster Confession says that in repenting a sinner out of the sight and sense not only of the danger but also of the filthiness and odiousness of his sins as contrary to the holy nature and righteous law of God and upon the apprehension of his mercy in Christ to such as are penitent so grieves for and hates his sins as to turn from them all unto God purposing and endeavoring to walk with him in all the ways of his commandments. Feelings of remorse, self-reproach and sorrow for sin generated by fear of punishment without any wish to resolve to forsake sinning should not be confused with repentance. That's what it is. When the gospel is proclaimed it is proclaiming, kingdom of God is dawning. The sphere of salvation has come. Enter into it by repentance and faith. Oh, that's preaching. But what is teaching? Teaching emphasizes the impartation 
of information in detail to human mind. And mind is especially involved in the teaching. But whether you preach or whether you teach, what you are teaching and preaching is the gospel, is the truth. Look at the book of Romans. That's the teaching. It requires some serious mental activity. But not only there was preaching, not only there was teaching about the kingdom of God, God's mercy, God's grace, but there was also healing. Jesus healed everyone who came to him for healing. He healed the sick, cleansed the lepers, gave sight to the blind. He healed the paralytic. He healed those who were suffering with terrible seizures. He cast out demons. He had defeated the devil, you know, in the wilderness. And we are told by Luke, he came to Galilee in the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit. Fullness of the power of the kingdom of God. God anointed, says Peter, Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. How do we know the kingdom of God is near? How do we know the kingdom of God has come? How do we know the great light has dawned? How do we know the Messiah has come? Let me tell you, the power of the kingdom of God is at work in the preaching, in the teaching, and in healing. Jesus preached with authority. Why? He was the Son of God, the Holy One, the Son of David. He came down from heaven. He was anointed of the Holy Spirit. He is the son in whom the father is well pleased. He alone fully obeyed God. He alone defeated the devil. He alone says, I say to you, truly, truly, I say unto you. He alone says, I am the light of the world. I am the living bread. He alone says, he is not just the herald, he is both the king and the preacher. So he preaches with authority. He teaches with authority. He commands the demons to go. And they depart. He commands the wind and the waves. And they ask the question, what sort of a man is this? It is the Messiah. The Old Testament spoke about. The deliverer of mankind. The one who sets men free from the kingdom of Satan. The Messiah has come. How do we know? The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and most important of all, the good news is preached to the poor. And let me tell you, the kingdom of God has come right here. Why is it? The good news is preached to the poor. He has bound the strong man, the devil. His hostages are being set free by Jesus. And he said so in Matthew 12. But if I drive out the demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. 
The devil is bound. The devil is on the run. Jesus has come. The great light is shining in deep darkness. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the kingdom of God. He came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to deliver people whom the devil has taken captive. We are told to do his will. Jesus has come to open the blind eyes and turn people from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sin. The despised Galileans are seeing the great light. The elect despised Galileans experience the power of the kingdom of God. The elect despised Galileans were set free. Look at Peter and James and Andrew and John and Matthew. But many did not believe in Jesus. And you turn to Matthew 11 where you see Jesus cursing the cities of Galilee because they refused to repent. Yet the truth is this, the kingdom is here. Whether many repent, many believe, the truth is the kingdom is here. Hallelujah. The devil is on the run. Son of righteousness has risen with healing in its wings for you. The power of the Spirit is felt. The elect are being regenerated. They are truly repenting, turning away from sin to the Savior. The Lamb of God has been sacrificed by his death on the cross. He took away our sins so let me tell you, be wise, repent, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and be saved. I say to you, so be wise, turn many from Satan to the Savior, from darkness to light. You are the stars, Jesus Christ the great light made you star, made you wise. Cast the gospel net. Commit yourselves to that. You and I are called to it. Not to get rich and famous. And be like the stars of the world. Cast the gospel net. Win souls for Christ. Be a fisher of men. And you shall shine like the brightness of heaven. When Christ the King comes again from heaven. And Paul says in blazing fire with his powerful angels to punish those who do not know God and not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus and to be glorified in us, his holy people. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us to appreciate the dawning of the great light. By the power of your spirit, you gave us new birth. And you gave us true repentance. Lord, we pray if there is any person here who is still sitting in darkness, I pray that you bring him out into the marvelous light. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.